News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Talking about uh, the primary as it uh, as it is occurring right now. It's on uh, May 17th, but early voting is underway. Uh, there are locations set up all over uh, the county, all over the state. So, you know, look up your county board of elections and find out where the early voting sites are and you can stop in and vote. Turnout for primaries is usually very, very low. It means you have more of an impact. If you're a registered unaffiliated voter, that means you can choose which primary you want to vote in, the Democrat primary or the Republican primary. So it'll be interesting to see if the leaked Supreme Court initial draft in the Roe v. Wade case, or the Dobbs case, but it would overturn Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Um, There's a lot of wish casting going on right now that this is going to uh, motivate Democrat voters to turn out in November. And I don't know if that will or will not. I don't know if this issue actually helps Democrats or not. Because, as I mentioned yesterday, the more we talk about the issues and the you know nuance and complexity and the different uh, components of the larger policy and philosophical debate. When we go into all of that stuff and we get beyond the it's about women's health, if you can if you get past that initial uh, sound barrier, that noise barrier of the moon bats screaming into the clouds, like if you could get past that, then actually. A lot of people tend to agree on a lot of this stuff. They do. And the vast majority of Americans do not support a ban on all abortions. They don't. The polling says that they do not support a ban on all abortions. Now, they do support a ban on abortions up to or uh, uh, after a certain time period. Usually, like the support falls off a cliff uh, after the first trimester. And when you tell people about what other countries use as their standard, they tend to want to fall in line with those other nations as well. When you tell them, oh, well, they're not the, uh, that America's like one of, uh, what was it, seven countries that allow for all these late-term abortions, and you you talk like North Korea, Iran, like these are terrible countries that we're in, uh, in league with, that we're in the same category, and people don't want to, they don't want to be part of that group. So you tell people stuff like that, and it it helps to convince them to enact Common sense reforms, let's call them. Common sense reforms. And guess what? For all of you lovers of democracy, we're going to have the ability to do that if this ruling goes the way the initial draft goes. We're going to have the ability to make those rules for ourselves because that's what democracy looks like. Show me what democracy looks like. This is it. We get to elect people to the, the state house and to the to the uh to the bench at various levels, they get to make laws, then they get to uh, interpret them uh, and uh, make sure that they are you know, constitutional and they get to sentence people if they violate the rules. This is the system. This is how it's supposed to work. You should be welcoming this. But see, that's not the ideal. The ideal is to win. And I have not seen people so animated over a subject the, the response has been just amazing. Now, whether or not, like amazing, like in its insanity, people just screaming, like, I 
to go out and get pregnant and get an abortion as many times as possible before they're banned. Like that's the like that's the vibe I'm getting from some of these folks. Anyway, um, does this have an impact on the local races? Democrats really, really hope so. Democrats really, really hope that this is going to get so many people so angry that they're now going to go vote with their body parts. And well, I mean, that's what they say. They're going to. Uh, that's what they were saying against Trump. They were going to go vote. Anyway, I'm not I'm not a vulgar person, so I'm not going to get into that. But they were the ones saying that they were going to vote with their body parts, which is kind of gross to quote gay patriot. Anyway, um, I've been looking at all of the emails coming into the inbox on, uh, from the from Democrats, and it is just a barrage. And Sherry Beasley running for U.S. Senate. Oh, did you see that? Quite the, quote, endorsement that the Charlotte Observer gave her. All right, I'll get to that in a second. Well, okay, a couple minutes. But here's what her campaign sent out. Reporting indicates that a politicized right-wing majority of the Supreme Court intends to overturn Roe in full. She called it a, a shameful, terrifying, and unconstitutional direct attack on our freedom that demands urgent action. What kind of action do you take against a direct attack, by the way? You better be careful, Your Honor. This is very insurrection-y kind of vocabulary you're tossing around here. You're also kind of undermining our democracy by making people doubt the credibility of the court. You attacked your fellow judges your, your fellow officers of the court, you attacked them as a right-wing majority. Oh, it doesn't matter anymore because you're no longer serving in the role as Chief Justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court. So once you take off the robe, sort of like the clown nose, once you take it off, now I'm a serious person. When you put it on, then you're like, woohoo, I'm just a clown. Is that how that works? That's the John Stewart clown nose on, clown nose off, or Stephen Colbert Although, honestly, that's not really a good example because, I mean, he hasn't put the clown nose on in quite a while, which is not very funny. So, uh, this is that how that works? You put the robe on, take the robe off. Put the robe on, take the robe off. So now you're not wearing the robe, so now you could totally attack other judges, undermine the credibility of the court because you disagree with their legal opinions, even though those legal opinions are justified. And, by the way, like in their, they make a case. They are making their argument. You don't have to agree, but they make their argument. Also, she says that it's a, it's a constitutional right, it's, but it's not. You're defending an unenumerated right, an unenumerated uh, power that was, that was never explicitly stated, not part of our uh, historical uh, status quo and, and not part of our, uh, our history in America. It wasn't. like They go through and explain all of this in the opinion as well. So there's a justification for this argument also, just not for nothing, but Republicans have been making these arguments for almost 50 years, okay? This is not something out of the blue. This is what Republicans have been working for for a very long time. And all you guys have in response to that is women's health, reproductive rights, and screaming and yelling and calling this, calling them names? That That's it? Where's your argument? See, this is part. This is the downside, by the way, of when the media treats Democrats so leniently. They get they get soft. 
They don't know how to make their arguments because they don't have to. Because they just say, women's right to choose, women's health. And the media's like, mm, oh, yes, mm-hmm, women's health, mm, yes, definitely. There's no pushback, so they get soft. Flabby underbelly there. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also hit me up on uh, email, Pete, at the Pete Callender Show, and at Pete Callender is my Twitter handle, where I got a message uh, supporting Desiree Zapata-Miller. Desiree Zapata-Miller, she is running for, it was at District 6, I believe, yeah, District 6 County Commission, Mecklenburg County Commission. She's a first-time candidate. And uh, active in the party, uh, she's a Republican, and uh, do, 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 she is running against was it Jeremy Brash or Brask, B R A S C H Brash? I think it's Brash. Uh, Jeremy Brash. Those are the two candidates, and so got an endorsement here uh, from Olag, Olag, Oleg. I mean, if you can't trust somebody with that name. O-L-L-A-G. That's how, it's on Twitter. I don't pick these names. It's a Pete tweet. By the way, did you hear that story about Dave Chappelle getting attacked on stage? Uh, I'm looking at Twitter just because I was reading that tweet, and so I see this from Titania McGrath, who says, a man physically assaulted black comedian Dave Chappelle, thereby proving irrefutably that Chappelle's comedy incites violence against minority groups. Right. It, yeah, the logic there is undeniable. Undeniable. Um, all right, back to this uh, uh, fundraising email from Sherry Beasley's campaign. Oh, and I, I will get to the endorsement. Let me make a note of that, too. The kind of endorsement from the, from the Observer edip- uh, editorial boards. Um, which, by the way, can you guys just... Can you combine your name at some point, please? Like, for the love of me, just combine your names. News and Observer, Charlotte Observer. Can you just go with Observer? Or go with News and Observer. I don't care. Just consolidate that. You already consolidated the editorial board. I hate having to explain that it's in both papers and both editorial boards and whatever. They're not going to do it now just because I asked. Um, so Sherry Beasley's email sent out in the wake of the leak of the initial draft of the Dobbs case out of the Supreme Court, which would overturn Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. She kind of engages in some insurrectionist activity or uh, 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 vocabulary uh, when she's talking about uh, the uh, politicized right-wing majority of the Supreme Court issues some shameful, terrifying, and unconstitutional direct attack on our freedom that demands urgent action. She then says, the very next sentence, the Senate's failure to eliminate the filibuster and codify Roe v. Wade to protect our rights is unacceptable. And we cannot back down. So it's unacceptable. Okay. The failure to eliminate the filibuster. So you're threatening our democracy. Because, by the way, Joe Manchin opposes codifying Roe v. Wade. So your plan here doesn't work unless... You don't do democracy, right? 
Just to be clear, it's not only do you have to get rid of the filibuster, but you also have to figure out a way to pass a piece of legislation that is not supported by a majority of the Senate. So I'm curious how you're going to get around that little obstacle, or do you just do you just primary Joe Manchin? You get him out of the way, get rid of Cinema, like AOC is saying. We need to primary Kirsten Cinema. What a cynical use of the issue. Like this is the thing that's that's disturbing to me. Again, Republicans have been clear. Conservatives have been clear for a very long time. The arguments against Roe v. Wade, I have said these over the years. Others have said them over the years. Anybody that's actually interested in understanding why conservatives want to see Roe v. Wade overturned. I mean, honestly, not the, oh, you just want to do it because you, uh, you just uh, hate black people. Yeah, because that makes a lot of, I'm literally seeing this argument. This is their argument today, that somehow or another, wanting to overturn Roe v. Wade is somehow racist or something. And of all people, you know, uh, Dr. Michael Bitzer from Catawba College, quoted all over North Carolina media, all over the place, everywhere, everybody loves them, some Dr. Bitzer. He retweeted out some article that said essentially uh, that there's correlation between the white Christian nationalists and their desire to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah, that's that's Bitzer. That's what he promotes. That's the kind of crap that he amplifies from his you know perch in the ivory tower up there at Catawaba College. Um, anyway, so this endorsement of uh, yeah, I, I I've kind of soured on Doctor Bitzer. I've, I interviewed him years ago a couple times, and uh, I think he's finally blocked me on Twitter because he doesn't. He doesn't like, he says some stuff and then people challenge him and there comes the mute button. Um, unchallenged ideas are easy to hold. By the way, I have noticed that this is the case for a lot of people that make a living standing up in front of others and lecturing. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Let's go over here to Johnny, get him on the program. Hello, Johnny. Welcome to the show. What's up? Hey, brother. First and foremost, God bless you and God bless your family always. And I mean that from my heart. Well, I just thank want you. to draw a bit of irony here. You know, the last two and a half years, I couldn't take a breath without having a vaccine shoved down my face. Get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Now, all of a sudden, with Roe v. Wade, it's my body, my choice. The irony on the left is so hysterical, they don't even see their own mistakes. They have completely lost their mind. They are, they, the, the, the fact of the matter is this. Strong communities make strong children. Strong, men, strong children become strong to lead their nation. And it's displeasing to God. And so, I, yeah. I, I don't know why we've gotten away from that. We need God in our nation. We need Jesus to bring supreme over this land so because it, too much is, is at stake and we see weaknesses all through society but yet just a simple revival a return to that which is righteous could bring a new day in this country the irony though is hysterical my body my choice unless it's shoving my vaccine into your arm and into your children's arm oh yeah yeah because i was gonna say if somebody was uh trying to shove a vaccine in your face i don't think that was the approved method 
That was that was not. <laughs> you never know what the left does. That's true. All right, uh, Johnny. I appreciate the call. There was a uh, there was a really great. Let me see if I I can pull it up real quick. Actually, I was looking while he was talking, but there was um, somebody had a really great uh, a really great point. I wanted it may have been Todd Starnes. Um, well, okay. So here is Ben Shapiro. He said earlier today, bodily autonomy ceases to apply when you're deliberately killing another human life in the womb. Because Thomas Chatterton Williams says, what's the Venn diagram of people who reject vaccine mandates on the principle of bodily autonomy yet celebrate the government's intent to deny bodily autonomy to women? Right. Because, again, like now, Thomas Chatterton Williams is an intellectual. Right. He's a thinker. He's a guy that makes a living thinking about stuff and talking and writing about stuff. And he's very, very intelligent. And I've seen some of his stuff today and kind of disappointing. Because once again, what is the fundamental question at issue here? When do rights obtain? Now, the the question that follows from that is, how do you weigh the competing rights of mother and child? Because they do have competing rights once you determine when the rights obtain. Now, if you say rights don't obtain to the fetus prior to 15 weeks, well, then there's no competition of the rights, right? But if you say they do obtain, and let's say they obtain at conception, well, now you have competing rights the entire duration. And now you have to make these decisions about who wins out when you have competing rights. These, by the way, these same things occur um, in all sorts of you know criminal cases and civil liability. You have, you have competing interests, competing rights. And... No one wants to have that conversation from the left. The pro-choicers do not have this conversation. They don't. I do. I try to. There was a, let me see if I can find the other one. Um, I'm sorry. This is terrible radio. So I'll just move on because there was a, I don't remember her name. I saw uh, earlier today, though, she said that she had gone to, I think it was a college campus or something and was speaking about, um, making men pay child support to the unborn, to their unborn kids. So that's when she she's making this pitch. Now, I, I don't really, I, this is the first time I'd ever actually considered this as a viable path and that sort of thing, but she's making this argument, and the pro-choice crowd has literally never heard of any of this kind of, uh, of an approach before. It's the same thing with the over-the-counter contraception. Why would they have opposed that? The, the act of abortion is the penultimate goal. That's it. That's what they strive for. Like, that's the idea that's conveyed in their opposition to making contraception over the counter. Why would, why would you force people to keep getting prescriptions when you could just issue this stuff over the counter? Um, oh, here it is. Alicia Kraus. She says, when I advocated for child support in utero... The leftists at SL University, St. Louis, I guess, University, I don't know, uh, had no, or Southern Louisiana maybe, had no response. They had no response. They don't even know what the other side thinks because they never engage with the other side. Which brings, uh, brings me back to Sherry Beasley and her, quote, endorsement from the Charlotte Observer, who wrote, One thing is certain. 
Regardless of the GOP primary winner, Democratic frontrunner Sherry Beasley is in for a fierce and nasty fight in the general election, which, by the way, that is a Democrat talking point uh, aimed at the GOP primary. I read the emails, folks. I get the fundraising emails from the Democratic Party and all their candidates. So I see them and they keep coming in and they're always like, oh, it's getting nasty over there. The GOP, the knives are out. Oh, they hate each other. Just every single day they talk about how terribly nasty the GOP primary is. But that's not the case over at the uh, on the Democrat side because Sherry Beasley is like not really even running a campaign against any of the uh, like seven weird Democrat candidates. So um, the observer is wondering, is she ready for this nasty fight? And they say early returns say no. Beasley's the clear front runner in the Democrat primary, and this board recommends her in the primary. But progressives should be troubled about her candidacy. She's taken a quiet, cautious approach to the race thus far. Instead of using this critical time to define herself and energize the Democratic base, especially its black voters, that she'll need to win a midterm election. What are they? What are they asking for there? Can you please racialize stuff for us? Thanks, thanks, Your Honor. That's what I'm reading. You got to try to motivate the the black voters. Kind of. She's she's a black woman. She's going to run like. Now, she is missing time to define herself in her interview with the editorial board. She struggled to articulate a strong vision or defense of progressive principles and policies. She appeared at times to be running against the current administration instead of touting the infrastructure package, increased wages, low unemployment and a booming triangle supported in large part by funding from the National Institutes of Health and other agencies. So what are they saying? You're not you're not selling The Biden success story hard enough, Sherry. Come on, get it together. Things are fantastic. Oh, by the way, the Fed just raised the interest rate, like largest rate increase in like decades. But it is all going really, really well. And you just need to communicate that better. So now they're very concerned. She may not be able to beat Ted Budd or Mark Walker or Pat McCrory, but probably Ted Budd. So we may actually not have a debate because it probably would be in neither of the candidates' best interests. So we probably will have to go to the voting booths in November, having not heard any of these candidates speak against each other on the same stage. So that could actually happen. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Thought these endorsements for the Mecklenburg County Commission at large seat were kind of interesting. The uh, Charlotte Observer editorial board endorsing Pat Cotham for re-election. Arthur Griffin. Again, this is for County Commission. Griffin used to be the school board chairman, where he attempted to argue that as school board chairman with a majority Democrat and African-American board that they were racist and could not be trusted not to engage in racist behavior. So they needed to remain under the court ordered busing system. They lost that case by the way, but Arthur Griffin, former school board chair, uh, he was then succeeded by Wilhelmina Rembert, who is currently on the County commission fulfilling the unexpired term of Ella Scarborough. So uh, it's like everyone's getting the bands back together. It's kind of amazing. So Arthur Griffin is endorsed by the uh, uh, 
Observer editorial board, as is Townsend Ingram, Yvette Townsend Ingram. Not being endorsed, Lee Altman. Wonder what happened there. They make no reference to why Altman is not endorsed for re-election. What happened? Pat Cotham is endorsed, which, by the way, I love this uh, the uh, write-up for Cotham, which is, on a board that currently has no Republicans, Cotham often serves as a more independent voice. <laughs> so Cotham's a Democrat, but she's not as Democrat as all the other Democrats, and so... You know, since we don't have any Republicans, I mean, she's the closest thing to a Republican. That's what they're saying. So that's so she gets the endorsement there. Uh, but they don't explain why Lee Altman does it. Um, also, Jennifer De La Hara, who's a school board member right now, she's running for county commission as well. And she doesn't pick up the endorsement. So you've got Jennifer De La Hara and Lee Altman, two current at-large Democrat elected officials that are not worthy of an endorsement, but rather you get Arthur Griffin and Yvette Townsend Ingram, and they say, we think the board needs a fresh face. That's the, that's the explanation, that the, the board needs a fresh face. While they just endorsed Pat Cotham, who, okay, I'm like she's... She's been around for a while, like 30 years, right? The Cothams have been involved in Democrat politics for like almost four decades now. So not exactly a fresh face. And Arthur Griffin, definitely not a fresh face. So in order to fresh face the place up a little bit, let's get Yvette Townsend Ingram. (laughs) Okay. So the explanations here are just hilarious to me sometimes. Um, they recommend uh, the four of the five Republicans, uh, do, 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 uh, David Merrill, Kyle Lubke, Carrie Olinsky, and Charlie Mulligan. That's who they uh, uh, endorse in the city council, Republican at large. And then there's the Democrat side. <laughs> The Democrat field is also deep, but with faces voters will recognize. At-large incumbents Braxton Winston and Dimple Ejmira are joined by District 1 Representative Larkin Eggleston and former council members James Mitchell and Lawana Slack Mayfield. It's a regular murderer's row here. Former Mayor Patrick Cannon, who went to prison while accepting bribes while in office, also is in the field. Cannon, who was on the city council before he became mayor, was widely mistrusted by Democrats and Republicans who worked with him then. That is true, by the way. Um, He has not done enough since then to regain voters' trust. He hasn't. So they're so they're not endorsing Pat Cannon. But they are endorsing Lawana Mayfield, the 9-11 truther, because she said she'll rein in the mean tweets a little bit. Lawana Slack Mayfield is a smart and fierce advocate for diverse Charlotte communities, but she has embarrassed the city and set back critical relationships with ill-considered social media posts, including one that likened police to terrorists. She's admitted those posts were mistakes. And while she told the editorial board that 
Uh, while she still wants to start difficult conversations, she has indicated she'll be more discerning in how she does so. We think voters should give her that chance. Pound sand. No. New. No. They are literally endorsing the truther. The Charlotte Observer editorial board is endorsing the truther, as well as Braxton Winston, Larkin Eggleston, and Dimple Ejmira. If Larkin Eggleston wins, that would be a shock. White, male, at-large Democrat? Really? I didn't think you could do that anymore. Why does he... Why is he? Uh, why does he just get out of the way and make some room for uh, for for the the bipox? What's up with that? Why would you? Why isn't that sort of your patriarchal white privilege showing there? How dare you? You you need to step aside, just like Jeff Jackson did for Sherry Beasley in the U.S. Senate race. That's what he said. He was going to step aside and and let Sherry Beasley run because he thought that the Senate needed a black female voice. Uh, and Sherry Beasley is the one uh, to provide that voice. So does Larkin Eggleston think that he should step aside as well? Why, why should he be the one to give voice for these communities? So they don't endorse Cannon, which, by the way, I was talking about this a couple of nights ago with some friends on the uh, live stream, actually, and the, and somebody asked, it came up, this Pat Cannon candidacy came up, and uh, I, I mentioned that, you know, his idea was to always have somebody around him at any given time, which, by the way, do we get any more details on that? I've been following this pretty closely. I haven't seen any kind of update on that, where Pat Cannon has figured out how he's going to have somebody shadow him all the time at no additional taxpayer cost. They haven't worked that out. I guess we'll just wait and see if the, what the, is my understanding, right? The black political caucus and the black churches, they're going to, they're going to put him in. Is that the idea? Because that's probably going to happen. Just letting everybody know it, it might happen. Pat Cannon might actually win, get into the general election. Please, oh, please, oh, please. But I'm curious as to who this shadow is going to be of Pat Cannon, who is going to do that. And then somebody suggested, no, no, no body cams and it was so obvious and brilliant it plum evaded me body cam cannon come on you can have that take it use it on the campaign trail you will be body cam cannon you'll have a body cam like the cops you know we have them city employees got them already we'll just hook you into the cmpd system we'll see you so you don't take any more bribes ever again Winterbull's up next. See you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.